If coming to an event like this or joining a company like this five years from now can make you a financial expert and help you make the decisions you need to make, not only for yourself, but to teach your kids so they're financially literate years ahead and for the rest of their lives, that's worth it. That's worth the time investment. That's, that's, I was taking finances in college and they weren't teaching me none of this. Podcasting from Wealthwave Studios in Johns Creek, Georgia, this is Leadership Now, the official vision and strategy podcast of Wealthwave. I'm a senior, right? Those are kind of a lost generation between millennials and Xers and all of that. But I consider myself a millennial, the old one, the old millennial. When I got started in this industry, I was 19, so I was the young guy. I was always referred to as the, like, the new kid on the block. When I was 21, I turned, uh, I became a regional vice president for a financial services company. And that was unheard of at that time. And I, had, I started building a financial services team. And guess what? Everybody looked like who? Like me. It was like a college. We were a bunch of college kids trying to make it in the financial industry. And it was, it, it was really cool when we, when we started and we started learning. And I see them all today. A lot of them made it in the industry. A lot of them didn't. But one thing we all gained was something that no one can take away from us. Guess what it was? Knowledge. We gained knowledge. I saw Brittany talking about the law, the rule of 72. And I can remember 20 years ago, me sitting in a room like this. And I was sitting in a room like this, and this guy came up and said, and started explaining the rule of 72. And I said, wow, that's awesome. Truly, 10 minutes after, I had forgotten everything he said. But I remembered something about 72, and that things doubled, and that if you don't know it, you're going to be poor, and if you learn it, you're going to be rich. And I was naive enough to believe in everything they were saying. And I remember going home and trying to explain everything I learned in that financial seminar to my parents, who came from being really, really poor to becoming middle class. So me trying to explain to them financial concepts were like rule of 72, not knowing anything, was going right over their heads, right? So I was trying, not knowing what I was doing, trying to explain to them what I was just learning in that seminar. I said, you know what? Forget about it. I'm going to just join that company, and I'm going to learn all I need to know about money. And that was my initial motivation. My initial motivation was not to join this company or the financial service industry to be rich, to make money. To, it, it took me, I, I joined, I got licensed, and it took me 15 months to make a sale. So it took me a long time because of two main things. First one, I was really bad. <laughs> I was really awful. Uh, I couldn't speak um, to a person in front of me without getting really nervous. Um, I didn't have the age still for people to really believe in what I was doing. And I was talking to them about financial concepts. I, wasn't, I, I didn't have the opportunity to live yet. So really, the, the, the scenario wasn't perfect for me to join, but I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn about the rule of 72. I wanted to learn how to live a life without debt, which when I told everybody that was possible, they said, no, that's not possible. You have to be in debt because I come from, middle cl- from low middle class. So how do low middle class get ahead? With debt. That's because they say that that's how the rich got rich. 
with debt. But that's a whole different concept out of, of why the rich get debt and why the poor get debt, right? So I started learning all these concepts, and I wanted to learn more, and I wanted to learn more, and I finally, finally understood, understood the rule of 72, <laughs> like three years after. So if you didn't get it today, don't worry. Keep coming to events like this. Keep hearing podcasts. Keep seeing live streams. And there will come a day where you go, wow, the rule of 72. Every time they explain it, I'm like, wow, I finally understand it again. But it's, it's how, many, how much time your money takes to double. How much time does your money take to double? So if coming to an event like this or joining a company like this five years from now can make you a financial expert, and help you make the decisions you need to make, not only for yourself, but to teach your kids so they're financially literate years ahead and for the rest of their lives, that's worth it. That's worth the time investment. That's, that's, I was taking finances in college, and they weren't teaching me none of this. I was taking finances in accounting, and they were teaching me how to do a balance sheet for Coca-Cola. I wasn't going to be Coca-Cola's accountant. But they were teaching me with Coca-Cola's balance sheet, you know, this whole ledger, and it was, you know, that was the test. You know, that was totally outdated. So I was here, I was learning, I was, I was learning financial concepts, I was, I was getting the real deal. And talking to Lauren, the, uh, like three days ago, we were talking back and forth, and she said something that stuck to me. That stuck to me, and I, I said, wow, how privileged you are. You are so privileged. She was at college, and a, and a professor asked this question. How many of you know the rule of 72? And she rose her hand and maybe one other person. And she said, the college professor told her, you know, you're one of two or three people who has rose in their hand for that question in my whole career. And she was new on college, and she knew about the rule of 72. When the college professor asked her, where did she learn that? To her mind came at my kitchen table. She learned it at home. She didn't come to one of these seminars to learn it. She learned it, she learned it hearing it in her house, the rule of 72. I do financial seminars all over, most of them in Spanish for the Latino community. And I have my little girl that's 10 years old. And sometimes, well, she's, she's normally with us, like I see you there, right? You're learning all these concepts. How old are you? How much? How old? 13? You're so privileged to be here, man. You're so privileged. You're learning all these concepts at 13. You think they're not understanding? They're understanding much more than a lot of you guys, right? <laughs> the 13-year-old kid, you can ask him questions when you got out of here. So he's going to remember everything. But the truth is, I see my little daughter there, and sometimes we're talking about a budget. And she's always like, Dad, why do you always have to explain to them how to do a budget? Like, maybe because they don't know. What do you mean they don't know how to do a budget? You take how much money you have, you take how, you, how much money you earn, you plan how much money you're going to waste, and you still have to have some of that money left over. How is that so difficult? It's easy for you to understand, baby, because you've been around it all your life. She's been privileged to hear that information. I was not privileged to hear that. Maybe much, a lot of you weren't privileged to hear that growing up. But you know what? You're going to work hard all your life 
to make money. You like it or not. We are getting prepared in school to go out there and get what? A job. And for millennials, money is not like the biggest motivator for us. But you know what? <laughs> when you start getting debt, when you start getting children, when you start getting a house payment, it turns into more than a motivator, a necessity. And if we don't know how to manage it properly, we're just dead in the water. So learning financial concepts is one of the best things and investments of time we can do in our lifetime. So this is one of those things that I've learned, those financial concepts. And it's about taxes. It's one of my passions. I, 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 love, I love the tax industry. And the impact of taxes and what does it do to your savings. Not understanding this is a million dollar mistake. How many of you can afford a million dollar mistake? But you know what? If you're financially illiterate, did I say it right? Illiterate, illiterate. That's a hard word, right? Even if English is your first language, that's a hard word. <laughs> English is my third language, so it's harder. <laughs> so financially illiterate is going to cost you over a million dollars in just the impact of taxes. Let's see this. You have $2. After tax, you pay 30% tax, and now you have how much? You have how much? 170 How much do you pay in taxes? 30 cents, 30%. I just pay 30, 30 cents out of $2. That's not a big deal, right? Have four, right? We keep doubling it. Now you have four. This is the $2 are doubling for 20 times. Now you have $4. Now you're going to pay taxes on that. Now you have 289. How much do you pay in taxes? 111, not much. Now it's $8. Now you've paid in taxes 309. And you keep going down. Let's go to year 10. It's $1,024. You pay $200 in taxes. Now you have, um, after tax, after 30% tax, you have uh, $201. And you keep going down to year 20, where it doubled to a million dollars. But now, after tax, how much is it? Where's the pointer here? Oh, what did I do? Tom. Am I good? Good. This is not a pointer, right? Where's Tom? What did I do? I'm on live TV. Do you know that? I'm making mistakes on live TV. Huh? It's good. It's good. It's good. The problem is not the pointer. It's who's using the pointer. <laughs> so before tax, I had a million dollars. After paying 30% tax on my money doubling, doubling 20 times, I had $40,000. So if I had $1,048,000 and I paid $40,000 in tax uh, and, I, and I stayed with $40,000, that means I paid a million dollars in tax because I didn't use a tax-deferred product. If I had used a tax-deferred product, this would not have happened. So there's instruments, there's tools for us to use for this not to happen to us. So when I took this seminar 20 years ago and heard concepts like this, I said, they're not teaching me this at school. 
They're not teaching me this at home. And if I don't learn it somewhere, this is going to happen to me. And I'm going to lose that million dollars because I don't know. Next slide. Oh, how do I do? oh cool. I'm getting this. <laughs> so this is how the market's been. The market goes up and the market goes what? The market goes up and the market goes where? Down. And it goes up. And it goes down, and then it goes up again, and then it goes down again, and then it goes up, 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 and then it goes down, 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 down. It's always a couple of ups and a lot of downs, right? Some of you are seeing, oh, the market just goes up. I remember when I joined this industry, I was at the end of the 90s. So at the end of the 90s, those of you who were around this industry, what happened at the end of the 90s? 97, 98, the market was what? Way up. was awesome. Then I decided to get my securities license. I got my securities license in April 2001. April 2001. After Y2K, all well, things are getting back together. Boom, boom, boom. Everything's going good. Then what happened? 9-11. 9-11. And it took a huge drop. And all my new clients with my new license, with this 21-year-old kid, Right? I remember I had a client who had half a million dollars, my first big investment. I put it in a, in a mutual fund, and it went down from 500000 to 300000 right after the market crash in 2011. I remember getting the call. I remember the guy waking me up. I was sleeping when that happened. He called and called and insisted. He had my home phone back then. Um, I had a cell phone, but I had a home phone because that was a little cable. Do you guys know what that is? Are you connected to the wall? Right? There used to be phones like that. Right? There still are sometimes. It's not just to the computer. It's to actually to the wall. Right? And they had somehow you make calls through that. So I received a call through that strange thing next to my bed. And the client told me, I'm going to lose all my money. <laughs> Why? Just two planes crashed. And he started with so the whole story. I turned on the news and I said, oh, he's going to lose all his money. <laughs> The impact of losses. And I, I, I started finding out about this really fast. You have a $10,000 investment and you lose 50% of it. Logically, what do you think it's going to take to regain the investment? You lose 50%, right? If you want to grow it back to where it was, how much percentage do you need to grow? The logic says 50%. Well, no. Because if you have $5,000, $10,000, it drops down to $5,000, and it now grows 50%, now you have $7,500. You don't have $10,000 again. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, you in TV land. Yeah, because that's the modern TV, right? Live stream. I, was, I see all these, these, these events when I'm not here on, my, on my, my TV in my living room. And it's just like Netflix. It's the modern TV. Now it, re it requires not a 50% gain when I take a 50% loss. It requires a 100% gain if I get a 50% loss. So that's the impact of when you lose money in the markets. And if you don't know about instruments, if you don't know about products like the products Nationwide have and other providers that can help you upset these impacts of loss when you actually start doing a budget, 
saving money, putting money away for your retirement, if you don't have the knowledge to use this on your favor, you're basically dead in the water in the financial world. Thanks for listening to Leadership Now, the official podcast of Wealthwave. If you like our show and you want to know more, check out wealthwave.com forward slash podcast, or you can leave us a review on iTunes. Join us each week as we talk about the topics you'll need to help you grow as an entrepreneur and succeed in the financial business with Wealthwave.